Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Welcome back to the summer heat wave, NFC East style going down today with the New York Football Giants. 32 teams in 32 days. Everything that you need to know about these football teams in terms of fantasy. And if you didn't know, we are the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Tim Petrop. Here are my brothers, Michael and Jason Petrop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, we are, of course, from Brodo Fantasy. BrotoFantasy.com is the place to find us. Uh, we do this twice a year. If you're not familiar with us, get familiar with us. Um, we uh, twice, uh, twice a year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Twice a week during the regular season, we go over every single fantasy viable player, every single matchup, and we give you advice. We tell you sit starts, all that good stuff. Follow us yep. on Twitter at Roto Fantasy for more. Let's get started with the Giants. The offensive outlook: Joe Judge is their new head coach, 38 years old, former special teams coordinator for the Pats. So not something you see all the time. <coughs> Excuse me, a special team coordinator. Becoming a head coach, especially a 38-year-old one. But they're hoping they bring some Belichick magic over to the Giants. Jason Garrett takes over as OC. The Cowboys led the league in yards last year. A lot of people gave that credit to Kellen Moore coming in. But they're also bottom half in points. Jason Garrett gets a lot of crap. He's easy to hate on, kind of like in the same vein as Adam Gase. But he has had the Cowboys at a pretty good offensive output every year. And you get studs. From the Cowboys every year in terms of fantasy, and that shouldn't change this year um, for the Cowboys. But let's find out for the Giants with Jason Garrett at the helm. Let's start at QB. Daniel Jones finished finished with some flash in his rookie season, some good, some bad. He was explosive, 250 yards a game. He averaged in his rookie season. In the last 10 years, only five rookies have done that: Cam, Andrew Luck, Baker Mayfield, and Jameis Winston. So that list is up and down. Can Daniel Jones be one of those guys? He has to cut down the turnovers. 23 turnovers last what? year. That's only because he recovered six of his own fumbles. Okay, so he, he fumbled eight time, eight, uh, six more times. So it could have been a Jameis Winston-type 30 turnover year for Daniel Jones in only 14 games. Um, also, if you're going into the season with Daniel Jones as your quarterback, might want to rethink that strategy. His first three games at Pitt, at Chicago, at home versus San Francisco. So not going to be pretty for the Giants starting off the season. The question is, can he take that next step? Will he pull a Lamar Jackson or will he pull a Baker Mayfield? What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm going to do a little bit of echoing here. Um, First off, I have Daniel Jones as my 13th quarterback this year. I think that he's going to end up being a starting fantasy quarterback as we get deeper into the season. He's still a young guy. This is his second season. And as you said, Pitt, Chicago, San Francisco – not a welcoming three-game slate to start the year, yeah. which is great for people who like Daniel Jones. Pick him up for free off the waiver wire. You don't have to waste the draft pick. By week three, there's going to be someone you drafted that you're not going to want anymore. And you can just pick up Daniel Jones and have a good quarterback as you move forward. In his rookie season, he was 14th in fantasy points per game. That's a good number. It was one spot ahead of Aaron Rodgers. Um, and last year, who did he really have to throw to? This season, he's going in with a fully healthy Shepard, Tate, Slayton, Ingram, and Saquon. Those are impressive. That's an impressive group of people right there. He had 279 rushing yards and two touchdowns. And then if you look at what Jason Garrett's done with Dak in his career, 
Dak Prescott has been quarterback 6, 10, 11, and 2. <clears throat> Never outside of the top 12. Is Daniel Jones as good as Dak Prescott? Maybe, maybe not. But he runs like Dak Prescott. He has good weapons around him like Dak. And he's, now he has the offensive coordinator who used to be his head coach. So I like Dan. I'm going to maybe not draft Daniel Jones, but then pick him up after week three. Daniel Jones is definitely someone to be looking at after week three. If you're in that, I've punted the quarterback, I'm going to stream quarterbacks, which a lot of people do because quarterback. when you're in a one-quarterback, one-tight-end league, um, if you're new to fantasy, the term streaming means you're picking up a new guy every week depending on matchups. And he's a perfect guy to start streaming on week four after that big slate of games where people are probably down on him. Um, let's go to the running back because we're not going to spend too much time on running back. Saquon Barkley should be the number two pick. Possibly the number one pick no. in every single draft. Not the no. number one. The number he two. Be one. He shouldn't be one. Michael thinks number one. Jason no. thinks number two. I'm saying he should I, not be number one. CMC oh, is number, number one. one. Let's I not, mean, yeah, uh, CMC is going to be number one. But yo, who, maybe people don't like think CMC is going to whatever. If you if Saquon goes number one, you can't kill a guy for taking Saquon number one. Either way, he's the number one or number two pick in your league. Number three if he really falls and slips. So... I mean, we know what to expect from Saquon Barkley, especially because you got Jason Garrett coming over who has already done it with Zeke. So you don't have to be worried about the new coach not using him as much. So not too much to worry about there. Let's go to the parts we do have to worry about. The wide receiver. Darius Slayton, Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard. Up and down last season, but had some monster games in terms of uh, Darius Slayton. His nine route was the most successful route. So he's going to be a guy that's up and down. Volatility, right? Tate and Shepard are slot guys, though, so Slayton will be that outside guy. Then you got Golden Tate. After week six, he was wide receiver 21, and Daniel Jones loved throwing the ball. Then you got Sterling Shepard. Another injury-plagued season for him, but arguably the most talented of the bunch. How are you guys feeling about these wide receivers? So I wanted to see how these receivers performed with all the injuries around them and all that. Luckily, shout-out to Heath Cummings. I went on to Twitter, and he had, like, a breakdown of it, and I was like, this is glorious. In three games last season without Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate saw 23% of the targets, Evan Ingram saw 17%, and uh, Slayton saw 13%. In the three games with the three receivers and no Evan Ingram, Tate saw 21% of the targets, Shepard 20%, and Slayton 14%. Hmm. And then in the games where two or more of Tate, Shepard, and Ingram missing it, Slayton saw 29% of the target share. So those were the times when Slayton really had his Slayton-type games with it, where he impressed so much as a rookie. If, all of this to say, if the injuries and the the way they played last year is of any indication, it looks like Tate, Shepard, and Ingram are going to be the three main cogs, and then Slayton's just going to be mixed in there. And I, I like Slayton a lot to start the offseason, and I've slowly been cooling off on him because he did need some of these injuries to have the big games. As impressive as he was, that's just the way it worked. And then you mix all this in with Daniel Jones at QB, who he was good last season, sure, but I mean, he was very erratic. He was top five in interceptable passes, was bottom five in red zone and deep ball completion percentage, bottom 10 overall in completion percentage, bottom five in yards per attempt, and on the opposite side of that was 11th in touchdown percentage. It just doesn't add up. So people are thinking that the Giants offense is going to take a step up. There's actually a chance that Daniel Jones regresses towards lower touchdown passes. 24 touchdown passes in 12 games started is... Not bad at all for a rookie. Pretty very good. Yeah. So now we got Sterling Shepard going at wide receiver 46. Sterling Shepard played in 10 games last season. 
In eight of those games, he saw at least eight targets. That is a lot of targets. Steve Slayton, on the other hand, in 14 games, had two games with five receptions. He only caught five balls two times the entire season last year. Golden Tate caught five balls five times in 11 games. So the more I look at it, Sterling Shepard at wide receiver 46, I'm in on him there. I think it's good value for him. Uh, Slayton at wide receiver 38, I'm off of now. Like, he seems like he's going to be the third or fourth guy in that offense. And then Golden Tate, a wide receiver 54, also seems like a very good value. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I can't not agree with you, but I think Darius Slayton is going to be a hit or miss type of guy still because yeah. everything you just said, yes, but there's no one else to play like the X kind of wide receiver for the for the Giants, right? There's no one else to be on that outside uh, except Darius Slayton. So he's going to exclusively be out there because yeah. Golden Tate and Sterling Shepherds are not guys that are going to be out there. Yeah, but I mean, it's just tough to trust someone like that with Daniel Jones throwing the ball. Very true. Um, let's go to a guy who is the tight end six overall. He only averaged a half a point less per game than Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle during his time healthy, and that's Evan Ingram. For me personally, and this is just personal, I'm not telling you not to draft him. I am staying far, far, far away from Evan Ingram because in the last two seasons, he has 14 games played combined. Yeah. While he was out last season, Daniel Jones did build a rapport with other people. And, I mean, it's it's hard to think of a situation where in the sixth round I'm drafting a tight end and I'm using that high draft capital because the sixth round is still where you can get a starting wide receiver or a starting running back if you went heavy wide receiver. And, and he gets hurt and I, I have to go and stream tight ends. Mm-hmm. I'd rather, if I'm going to do that, just stream tight ends and go with someone else. But he does have that massive potential. What do you guys think about Evan Ingram? Evan Ingram, he, again, like you just said, it's all about the injury history with Ingram. Is he going to stay healthy? Because if he's going to stay healthy, there's no way he busts at his ADP right now. He was sixth in points per game amongst all tight ends last season. Everyone's favorite guy, Darren Waller. Evan Ingram averaged more points per game than Darren Waller when he was healthy last season. Five of the eight games that Evan Ingram played in, he caught at least five passes. Even Caden Smith, when he took over as a Giants tight end, caught over five passes three different times. Like, the tight end was involved in that offense, even when Caden Smith was there, who no one had any idea who he was before Evan Ingram got hurt. Jason Garrett has also used tight ends. Jason Garrett also uses tight ends in his system, and if you haven't listened to the Jets heat wave yet, go check that out. That was our first one that we did. I talked about Chris Herndon putting up 500 receiving yards as a rookie. Only 12 times since 2000 has that happened for a rookie tight end. Evan Ingram was in that bunch. He if put up 700. Yeah, if you're fading Evan Ingram, you're doing it at your own peril, and you're betting on the injury to happen because if he doesn't get hurt, he's going to be an absolute steal at his ADP. Um. All right, so speaking of injuries, speaking of Evan Ingram, Evan Ingram the one injury away column now. Look, this isn't a very deep team. Uh, that's very, it's very apparent that this is not a very deep team. Wayne Gallman will probably pick up the slack if Saquon misses time, just like he did last year. But I can't tell you a guy that I'm super excited about if someone goes down. Yeah. Now, Michael mentioned the 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 target share, and I didn't know that previous to this. So now, listening to that, you know, as any good fantasy analyst would do, changes opinions based on the numbers presented. I could say that Darius Slayton is probably someone I like more if a guy like Sterling Shepard goes down again, right? What about you guys? Who's your one injury away? Yeah, Darius Slayton was my one injury away once I got through the Giants. Same here. 
All right. Well, that was easy. Probably because Saquon Barkley is the number two pick, and we don't have to say much about him. Jason, did you have anything you wanted to say about Saquon Barkley? Uh, he was sixth in fantasy points per game last season. Zeke was fifth. So not really losing anything by having Garrett run the offense. Yeah. So, like, yeah, like we mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, so that's it. Uh, a pretty quick one today for the Giants. We're going to come back with the Eagles next one. That's probably going to be a little bit of a longer one. A lot of question marks, a lot of interesting storylines with the Eagles this year. Boy, the do Giants, I have a Miles Sanders stat for you. Oh, I got some I got some Miles Sanders stuff too. Uh, so check us out uh, tomorrow. In the meantime, come follow us on Twitter. Michael, where can they find you? At BrotoFFMike. Jason. At BrotoFFJason. And you can find me at BrotoFFTim. See what we did there. Hey, and also you could find us on Broto, uh, I'm sorry, BrotoFantasy.com, Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy, where if you join up now, you can join our fantasy leagues that the listeners really love. And oh, yeah. we've built such a close bond with our listeners. And not to flex, but we have a Patreon. Obviously, we're, we're doing it right now. And if you look at our Patreon numbers compared to our, you know, our listeners, we have a high like retention rate of getting patreon our listeners to be patrons and i think that's a lot because they have such a good time in those leagues and we build such a good rapport we love the fans we love to interact with the fans that's why we do this so come on let us interact with you if you're a fan of the show um patreon.com slash broto fantasy but until tomorrow peace out later Later.